Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Woo! Okay, here we go. Thanks so much for joining us today. This message, we are continuing in the Gospel of John as we look at the real Jesus. And in the Gospel of John, we see these seven miracles that the first half of the book revolves around. And we are diving in today. This is week four, and this is the real Jesus, preeminent, preeminent. Yeah. Now, a few things are different today. There are some restrictions lifted in this uh, beautiful COVID-19 world. And so I have some people here with me. Can you? Just a few. My rented crowd are doing well and nice to have real live humans as we do this as opposed to just picturing you in your home there be nice if we were all together but we will roll with what is appropriate so that is happening uh today and you can see i am standing uh which is a much more comfortable frame for me preaching so here we go if you would like to open your bibles in your homes or here today to john chapter 6 And we'll start in verse 14, and uh, let's read together. So after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, and the sign they're referring to is my beautiful wife's message from last week when she unpacked the real Jesus catalyst. And this was the feeding of the 5,000, more like the feeding of the 15,000. There were 5,000 men, but there were plenty of of ladies and the kids. Uh, And so this is the... The miracle that is being referred to here, the sign. And so this account uh, that we're about to read, Jesus walking on water, follows straight after, after that. So after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Surely this is the Messiah, the one that they've been waiting for. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew. Now, they were wanting to, to force Jesus into a mold that they thought he belonged in, but he had a different framework for how he knew he needed to come. The picture of the Messiah was different to what was expected. And so he withdrew uh, to a mountain by himself. And this account here that we're about to read, the walking on water, you can also see in Matthew and Mark's Gospels. And they add a little detail that Jesus withdrew to pray. And so he, he moves aside from the crowds, he's praying, and he sends his disciples across the lake. So verse 16 here, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. And Capernaum is so a couple of messages ago where the official son was unwell and Jesus healed him from 27 kilometers away in Cana. Uh, Capernaum was where that boy was and now he is healed, he is whole, he is well in this place. Uh, so by now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. So they're out on the lake rowing. Verse 18 says, a strong wind was blowing, was blowing against them, and the waters grew rough. You ever been in times in life where that feels like your reality? When they had rowed about three or four miles, that's a decent row right there, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, 
It's pretty full on. And they were frightened. Fair call. Uh, but he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then they were willing only then, after he spoke, then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore and where they were heading. Have you ever tried walking on water? <laughs> so I think I was about nine, and in New Zealand we had this little above-ground pool, and I remember maybe my granddad had preached a sermon that Sunday, about Jesus walking on the water, and I remember giving it a go. And so this nine-year-old kid kind of excited to, to see, and so I, I, there were steps that you climb up, and, and I remember putting my foot on the water, and, and you know, this little childlike faith, and, and waiting to feel, you know, normal water texture, you, you're thinking it should be more like, I don't know, more like Play-Doh or something, like halfway between solid ground and, and, and so I was hoping and didn't, didn't kind of feel anything change. It was still water. And then in my little kid brain, I'm like, but I, I think I need to step fully into the water. And like, that's what faith is, right? And somehow I kind of understood this. And so stepping into the water, I found it was just, it was truly amazing as I sank, as you normally do. Uh, and I'd even prayed and said, God, could you? Walking on water literally is extraordinary. And so let's not miss that here in this account. It is, it's mind blowing. And so here we see the real Jesus preeminent. He is without match. He's matchless. He's supreme, unsurpassed. And the real Jesus is Lord, is God over the wind, over the waves, over the laws of physics, over every atom that has ever been created. He is Lord over it all. But I want to ask you today, does your Jesus walk on water? It's important for us to think about, does your version of Jesus that who you know him to be, does he walk on water? It's important that we do not live with an inferior view of Jesus. Because sometimes we, we have to upgrade our understanding and, and we can't live with this inferior view of Jesus. We need to know, and even what we've gone through and are about to go through in this series, that the real Jesus is transformer. He is the transformer. The real Jesus is limitless. The real Jesus is the catalyst. The real Jesus is preeminent. And we're going to look over the next few weeks. The real Jesus is the illuminator and he is life. This is who he is. And if the Jesus you know is inferior to the real Jesus, it's time to upgrade your understanding and get in line with who the real Jesus is. He wants to be seen. He wants to be known more and more. And so let this prayer continually rise in our heart like we see from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, where he says, I keep asking that that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know 
him more. I keep asking that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so you can know the hope to which he has called you, his glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And this is the Jesus we need to know, the real Jesus, the preeminent one, the Lord of all things. And if our view of Jesus is inferior to the real Jesus, then it is time, good people, for us to upgrade our understanding. And so maybe right now you're going to make a decision that this week, okay, I'm going to dive into the seven miracles of Jesus in the book of John. And I'm going to upgrade my understanding by reading them, by diving in to see who he really is. And maybe that's the action you need to put in your calendar right now to take some time and discover afresh or for the first time the real Jesus. Maybe you need to gather with some people and maybe it's via Zoom or phone call or whatever is appropriate in our world right now. But to gather with people who know him more than you do, who've experienced more of his love and grace and power. And then in that context, you're going to see something again of the real Jesus. And maybe that's jumping into a group signing up for a connect group or, or something in that atmosphere, that could be the catalyst that helps you see him again. Maybe it's responding to the prompts that you feel, that he, he just prompts us in certain directions and we get to know him by actually stepping out in faith, responding to what he's calling us to do. Okay, a few things to note as we, uh, as we come back and, and look at this account. Firstly, it's important to know that, that Jesus sent them ahead of him across the lake. Jesus sent them. He sent them across the lake. And it's important for us to know that when he sends us, he's committed to us on that journey. And so he sends them here across the lake. And then in verse 18, again, it says that strong winds started blowing and the waters grew Rough, And it's important again for us to know that strong winds and big waves are not outside the will of God for our lives. They were in the will of God for their lives. And whoa, what the, where are these stupid big waves come from? I thought this would be plain sailing. No, headwinds, big waves are not outside the will of God. Challenging circumstances are not outside the will of God for our lives. And so if you find yourself in that place, don't beat yourself up. It's like, oh, I I can never get this right. I'm always useless. I'm always going to stuff this up. The reason for the waves is because I'm not this or, or I'm not that. Don't go to that place of beating yourself up. Secondly, don't go to the place of beating others up where you're, you're rowing across and you're like, Peter, if you had rowed harder, we could have got, got there before this year. Don't go to that place of, of beating up others. And thirdly, don't go to that place of trying to beat up on God. Where are you in my storm? He's seen you in it the whole time, and we'll we'll get there in a little bit. So don't go to that place. But what we do need to do when we are in the storm, when the waves and the wind, is we need to keep on rowing. Keep on rowing. And this is what they they were doing. Keep moving through. Don't park in the storm. Don't live in that place. Don't stop. Keep moving through the storm. It's not the time to throw the oars out and go. 
Just meant to live in the storm. Oh, I guess this relationship is doomed. And we give in to the storm. Oh, I guess my finances are, are never going to improve. And we throw the oars out and we just let the storm take us wherever it wants to. Oh, that dream in my heart, I, I guess it's never going to happen now. Keep moving through the storm. Don't throw the oars away. That victory that I'm so desperate for, that I need in my heart or my mind, my emotions. I guess I'm, I'm just stuck here. And No, keep moving through the storm. And so keep on rowing. But don't just keep on rowing. Lift your eyes so that you're aware and alert if Jesus is walking by. He just could be walking by in the place where you least expect to see him, like on the water. He's not scared of the storm. He's coming to you through the storm. So lift your eyes. Look for Jesus. Don't be rowing so hard. Yes, keep rowing, but not rowing so hard that we can't look up. We're just committed to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to guts my way through this. I'm just going to like discipline myself through it. And we're just, we're, I'm just going to, in all the practical ways, I'm going to muscle my, my way through this storm. Yeah, that's an important part, but that's not the only part. Lift your eyes to see Jesus walking by. Don't just get stuck in the boat if water's coming into the boat and we're just bailing water and we're just looking at all the problems and all the dramas. We've stopped rowing, so we're not going anywhere. There's no help of actual, there's no hope of actual progression. We're just, we're looking and we're just bailing water and bailing water. And so we're so looking down at the water that's in the boat and we're so busy bailing and we're doing all of this effort, but we're never going to get anywhere. There's no hope of progressing. All we're doing is bailing and Secondly, don't just like lay in the floor of the boat and sulk <laughs> and try and pretend like the storm's not happening. That's not faith. Don't deny what's happening around us, but open our eyes to see the Jesus who sees us in the storm and could just be walking by right now. So lift our eyes. And what was their response, though? What was their response when they saw Jesus walking by? So they knew Jesus to be a miracle worker. By now, they've seen something of his power. Yeah, this is blowing their mind that this, this Jesus can actually walk on water. But what does it say in verse 19? It says they were frightened. They were freaked out. They were afraid when they saw Jesus because that, they just had no context. They, they couldn't compute that he was coming to them in this way. And so it's not until he says, it is I... Don't be afraid. He has to convince them that the Jesus they're seeing is actually really him because they, they can't pull together what's happening in here and what's happening out there. And so he, he has to say to them, it's I. This is me. Hey, it's Jesus. I don't look like maybe what you're thinking I should because Jesus who walks on water is different. He looks different to what we expect so often. And so he, he has to say, guys, don't be afraid. It's, it's me. And, and a question for us is, can you spot the water walking Jesus in your life? Because they couldn't, they couldn't tell it was him. Matthew and Mark both say they thought this was a ghost. This is Jesus, but they thought it was something actually unhelpful. And they could have got lost in their fear until he, they let him speak and then it starts to come together at his eye. And sometimes the help 
the help that comes is not in the package, not presented in a way that we actually can recognize. And they couldn't recognize the help that was coming to them. It wasn't what they expected. And for us, it's so often like that in our lives that Jesus comes to us. He's here to help in a circumstance, but it doesn't look like what we thought he should or what we hoped he should look like in this moment. And and so it's important that we know what water walking Jesus looks like at times. And, and so maybe look that relationship that you may think is doomed. And you're out on the on the water, it's stormy, it's messy, you're not sure if you can make it to the other side, and, and maybe you've been rowing hard, and, and yeah, that's all good. If your relationship is doomed, then keep rowing. Keep rowing, and that's practicing communication, that's getting some good advice, that's doing all the things that, that we should be doing, but it's not just that, because Jesus coming on the water, maybe he looks like forgiveness. And it's not the Jesus we wanted to see who just, boom, fixes it all. But he comes looking like forgiveness. And maybe we don't want to see him walking on the water towards us. Maybe we're trying to look the other direction on the boat and we're just like trying to row. And we got a feeling he's behind us saying, hey, hello, it is I, forgive. And we, we, we don't want to look. And so we're... Rowing doesn't guarantee you're going to get to the other side. Having Jesus in the boat changes everything. And so if Jesus comes looking like forgiveness or humility or maybe just an open-heartedness to a miracle, to a resurrection, then let him on the boat. Because water-walking Jesus often looks different to what we expect or what we want. Maybe help is there. Maybe he's walking by right now and you just haven't recognized him just yet. So maybe that dream that's in your heart, something that you felt God has even placed inside of you and, and there's this, this hope in your heart, but now you're the storm, the waves, the wind, and we're kind of in that place. Oh, well, I guess it's just never going to keep rowing, keep doing the things that you know he's called you to do, keep learning, keep growing, keep being in connection, keep doing all those things. But again, it's not just rowing. Maybe the thing that he's calling you to do, maybe Jesus walking on the water, coming in your direction, maybe that actually looks like a scary step of faith. And we, we see in, I think it's Matthew's account where where Peter actually gets out of the boat responding to Jesus and, and walks on water where his eyes are fixed on, on Jesus and, and he gets to share in this miraculous moment. And maybe for us, Jesus walking on the water, that's actually the kind of dynamic where the miracle we're hoping for isn't going to just pop out in front of us, but he's calling us to take a step of faith to actually see something come to pass that would not have come to pass. Yeah. And so maybe that's what it is for you. But it's scary, just like when they saw Jesus coming by, they were frightened. And maybe you see him coming by and he's calling you to do something. The answer that you hoped for is frightening. Come on, let the miracle working one into the boat. Let him change the circumstance. And I remember this when, when we felt this business stirring in our heart before we were in this role. And, and I was a high school chaplain and I just was, I 
passionate about investing into young people. And we had this, this idea about this, these life skill initiatives and, and wise council was kind of in agreement. And, and so this, this business started forming and the, the timing of it was atrocious where we went from, from two incomes and two mouths to having our first child and going to, to zero incomes and three mouths. And it was this step of faith that made no sense in the natural. But the, the hope in my heart, this, this desire, this dream that God had put in my heart, as he was walking by, Jesus looked like a giant faith step. And it was scary. But in order to see the miracle on the other side, I had to get Jesus in the boat. And he came looking like a giant faith step. And so we made that step and we stepped into that business. And on the flip side of that, reaching the other side was in three years, that business communicated hope into over 100,000 students' lives. And you don't know what's on the other side of opening our eyes and yeah, keep rowing, keep doing what we need to do, but eyes open, looking for Jesus walking by. But remember, when we see the answer that he is and that he brings, it often looks scary. It often looks scary. Water walking Jesus often looks different to what we expect or hope. It's great news. <laughs> great news. Verse 21, we see that after Jesus spoke to them, and sometimes we have to still ourselves to hear him speak. Sometimes we've got to stop watching Netflix and spend 10 minutes in the scriptures so that he can speak. Sometimes we need to ensure that we are vigilant about being in church, even though it's online coming into our homes, that it's not optional. But it's, and it's not even just weekly, but we're looking every day at how we're connecting with our Savior, living this so that he's got the chance to speak so we can quiet the fear in our hearts, so he can come on the boat and change everything. Because it was once he got into the boat that things changed. And we need to know that some of us are facing storms that we do not need to because we're choosing not to allow him to come onto the boat, not to hear his voice. And we are stuck in storms we do not need to. And so you, sometimes, maybe this is for you, you need to make a choice, a strong choice today. That man, And when we understand that with Jesus on my boat, the storm must submit. With Jesus on my boat, the storm must submit. He is preeminent. He is supreme overall. So man, I want Jesus on my boat, but I'm aware that there are some times in my life where I know what that means and I don't want to face it. Because it's easier just to sit in the boat and let the wind and the waves push us wherever they want and hoping we're just going to make it through. But let's get him on the boat yeah. with us. We need to say, Lord, all aboard. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, all aboard, whatever that means. If that looks like forgiveness, then help me go there. If that looks like a faith step, then help me into that place. If that looks like a difficult choice, Lord, all aboard. Come and I'm stepping out. And you know, sometimes the world around us is in a storm and he comes to quiet the storm in our heart. And the external may not change, but the internal looks totally different. We've got to know that whatever it looks like, and we don't control what it looks like on the other side, but we are better off with him in the boat. Because with Jesus on my boat, the storm must submit. I want to finish with this thought for us. 
In Mark's account, he tells us in, in Mark 6.48 that, that as they were out there on the water, the, the wind is against them, waves are rising, water's coming into the boat. It tells us that before Jesus goes out onto the water, it says that Jesus saw them straining. He looked from his place of prayer and he could see down into the water and he saw them straining. He saw them the whole time. He saw them the whole time. Before they saw Jesus coming to their rescue, Jesus saw them. And so we have to know, you have to know that he sees you. There are two parts to this. It's important to know also that, that Jesus didn't come to them as soon as the struggle started. He's like, whoa, that was one rough row. Whew, they've done one rugged row. Boom, I'm there because I just want to pull them out of any challenge, any difficulty. No. They've gone three or four miles. They've been at this a long time. And, and James reminds us that perseverance must finish its work in you so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature and complete. And there's a work that God can only get happening in us as we persevere. This is a great gift. It's a horrible gift. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great gift. God's not cruel. He's just more concerned with you becoming mature and complete than living in comfort. And so the storm can be your greatest gift can be the greatest gift. And I want to remind us again today, and, and some of us, this, this will be a helpful reminder to you that if Jesus called you to the other side, then he's committed to getting you there. He called them to the other side. These were his guys. These were, this was his team. If he's your God today, if he's your Lord and Savior, then he... He's called you and he's called you to the other side of many things in your life. And if he's called you there, then he's committed to coming on the water with you. He's committed to getting you to the other side. And so we got to know that when it looks unlikely, when it looks difficult, when it's like, I've got no idea how I'm going to get it through. I've lost the oars. The boat's nearly filled with water. We got, we got to know, lift our eyes, do what we can. And Jesus is coming to us. If the Jesus I know is inferior to the real Jesus, it's time to upgrade my understanding. Water walking Jesus often looks different to, the, to what I expect. And with Jesus on my boat, the storm must submit, must submit. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give. 